Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by uh, two of your usual hosts here. We've got Tom Mannering. Hello. And myself, Josh Hartley. And we've got our pal Ryan Trotter on as well. How are we doing, Ryan? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on again, guys. Yeah. Say, <laughs> again. Again, we again. We say again. You, dear listener, this is the first time you're hearing us this week. But uh, due to some wonderful technical dif- difficulties we've had, this is the second time we've recorded this episode. And hopefully so, the last yeah, hopefully the last, yeah. Hopefully not the last time we have you on the show, Ryan, though. I'd like to keep having you back. Yeah, thank you. If nothing else, it's nice to have a, a mediator for me and Tom so that I don't get I don't get bullied too much. Uh, I will say, for the complete honesty, I have been bribed beforehand. I'm not saying who, uh, and I'm not Ooh. saying in, in favour of which. So you, the dear listener, can listen to and figure out uh, who side I'm supporting. There we go. You, you guys have fun with that at home. We don't need so. a mediator. Everybody knows I'm the superior being. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, Mr. Superior Being. What are we talking about this week? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> gotcha. You couldn't believe we discussed it yesterday as well. Gotcha. <laughs> no, no, I know. I know. It's come back to me now. Uh, I've, 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 my brain's very, like, Star Wars focused at the moment, so... I'm having to pull back from that. Uh, we are talking Just picture, about... picture the show notes from yesterday as the opening reel from Star Wars <laughs> scrolling up into space. There Whoa. we go. War yeah, in yeah. the Empire. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I know what we're talking about. I'm not. You could say it. I don't want to take that away from you, but I know. Ah, you just want you just uh, want no, to make sure like, that we know what we're guest, talking about. Yeah. <laughs> no, Ryan, Ryan is the guest, so you know, if, if anything, <laughs> it should be okay. Should be well, Ryan. I believe. We are looking to talk about uh, the ever-encroaching Tabletop Scotland. Absolutely, yes. Nine weeks to go. Um, We've got a lot to get sorted out in those nine weeks, but Mm -hmm. it's all ticking uh, over and coming together nicely. Uh, You'll see on their social medias they've announced uh, some further space for Dungeons & Dragons as well. Can't get enough D&D 5th edition after all. Uh, and there's uh, go check out the website we'll have the uh, web address in the show notes below and go to the events section that's going to give you all of the D&D sessions that you can book yourself in on including the D&D epics as well which I've never had the uh, pleasure of taking part in I don't know have you, have you guys ever had a chance to, uh, to do one of no, those? No I've, I've not had a shot on that what's a D&D epic? It's basically like the big pathfinder Style, oh, the multi tables uh, multi table event. Oh, yeah. yes, in that in in a different in a different life, yes, I have, but not in yeah. a D and D specific setting. Yeah, how I mean, how do you guys find them? Because they sound really fun to me, but I'm I'd so, probably be on the player end rather than the. So I DM can end. I can say this from both sides. So as a GM, they are challenging. Depending on the one you run, it can also be a lot of fun. As a player, it's hilarious to just uh, sit and watch all these moving parts. Sometimes you get caught in the gears, but a lot of the time it, it pays off to this big feeling of com- you know, working together to achieve something. Not even not just with your own table, but with like several other tables. Yeah, and I mean, like we're, we're talking like 
what, like about 10 tables of like four to six people on each. So it's a lot of players. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. You you basically have to have sort of background coordination in them. You can't just run them like you would normal. So we used to have things, you have things like runners who would relay messages between the, you tend to have sort of an overall GM who kind of... A super GM, if you will. Yeah. uh, It's a preem GM, one may say. Who basically oversees uh, the the narrative at a larger scale and the GMs tell it on a smaller scale. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you'll have runners that will kind of run between either tables in some cases or between the... The, let's call them the overseer GM and the, the normal GMs. And what I used to do, uh, I used to do quite a lot of the overseer and GM, GM inside of things, but I've also GM'd on a, a macro level, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would appoint a runner at your table. Uh, so you'd pick a player who, you know, was happy to do it. You wouldn't just like put that pressure upon someone uh, and they would basically take that role. But what I tend to find with them, I, I think they're great. I think they're, they're, they're capable of telling sort of epic stories mm-hmm. where there are lots of people involved in them. You know, Lots, lots of, of people, moving parts. Yeah, lots mm-hmm. of heroes kind of going off to do something usually quite big. The only downside is because they move at pace and every table kind of has to move to each section together, you can sometimes, it can sometimes feel a bit rushed and you can sometimes get a little bit cut off, mm-hmm. and they tend, they not always. There are there are exceptions to the rule, but they tend to be more combat focused because role sure. playing is a lot more difficult to kind of factor in to that. Yeah. So by all means, so guys, check the the epics out. Check the regular D and D sessions out on Tabletop Scotland. Speaking of D and D Fifth Edition, mm-hmm. um, we also have our crossover on the horizon as well. I'll be a little further off in the distance, um, and as part of that, we are converting some of our existing Pathfinder characters over into Fifth Edition. So, how how has that been going for you guys, uh, um, Tom? You you you've had a couple of sessions with some of the other players, haven't you, to do that? Yeah, so we, I think we mentioned before, we're converting characters over from Pathfinder Mythic over to high-level D&D 5th edition. I've had uh, three sessions so far with people, so I'm doing one-to-one sessions to do the conversions and kind of talk through the characters, where they, where they are in the world at the moment, because we're also doing a time jump as well, which is partially going to explain the changing systems in a sort of a narrative sense. Uh, and I've had Ewan, Scott, and... Uh, Chris uh, have all had their their character sessions and they, I really enjoyed them. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I've nearly said I said this yesterday because thinking that people have heard the previous recording, they haven't. Uh, <laughs> as I did say yesterday on the recording, you haven't heard. Um, I think for me, um, it's it's really impressive how quickly you can make a fifth edition D and D character even mm-hmm. at high level, yeah. compared to to Pathfinder where it's. You know, there's a lot more crunch, there's a lot more feats, there's a lot more options. D&D is a lot more streamlined. It is dangerously streamlined in this sort of event because, like, I know that you want to go through parts with us, like, on a one-to-one basis, but I can quite... I've been, I've played quite a few 5th um, Ed games and it is kind of easy for me to visualise where I want Victor to go. Like, he started off as this weird multi-classed prestige class divine slash arcane caster Mm. um whose focus was like time uh because of the source of their mythic power like everyone was timeless uh from my understanding of the crossover team um 
So like chronomancy wizard or something to do with a warlock patron that is devoted to time stream would be the ideal shout. And then I like between calls at work, I just idly sit and go, if I take these spells and this, you know, it's, it's like I can I could have them done in maybe half an hour and half an hour if I if I put my mind to it. Yeah, and that's that's totally fair enough. You know, there are people who have that that experience of the system, but I mean, even someone like you and Barry, for example, is very if, if at all has very little exposure to, to fifth edition. I think he's mm. maybe maybe played like a game or something, um, and him coming into it. You know, we got through it really, really quickly, and, and fair enough, he has the context of Pathfinder and things, so he knows a little bit about the general way things yeah. work. But even then, like to to get a fourteenth level character out in, I think it was about an hour and fifteen minutes, we got the character done from start to finish. That's so quick compared yeah. to how long that would take you in, in Pathfinder. That would be an afternoon. That would be a day. You know, that, that is would a, that would be like you have your concept and now need to try and get there like yeah. that's that's you like looking through all the splat mm. books all the advanced classes and like what feet trees you can and can't take yeah it's, it's it's a project you know it's it's not just something you can sit down and do it's an actual research project that that's actually something that's put the fear of god in me with uh some other games i'm in like we're i'm in a uh high-end pathfinder game with yourself tom uh trying to you know like trying to have the um the time to make another high level character that you um feel like you have a handle on from the word go in pathfinder is very difficult like you mm -hmm. have to you have to wear the character in like a pair of old slippers whereas with D D is a lot more streamlined a lot more simplified and i feel like if you start from zero and show somebody a level 14 character sheet there's a lot less to take in, especially with a martial class yeah. in D&D &D, than in Pathfinder. Yeah, I mentioned yeah. on a, a previous episode, you know, I, I made and played a level 20 character in 5th mm. edition, which, you know, was a, a massive jump. And not only was it was it pretty easy, it was a lot of fun, um, mm. which is what you want it to be. And I'm not saying that high level 5th edition D&D is not without its problems and there are mm -hmm. balance issues, there are. But overall, as an experience, it's really positive. I mean, I've got sessions with yourself and Josh uh, this week. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Hopefully, with, with Josh. Josh is actually the one person I've not scheduled in because I care less about him. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Wow. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, I mean, I'm currently playing, uh, like, so uh, Lokag, my Pathfinder character was a mythic level barbarian, Goliath barbarian. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I am currently playing in a different D&D campaign, a level 16 half-orc barbarian. Ah. So Are you level I'm, 16 in that? Jesus. Yeah. Was that the uh, Avernus one? Yes. Oh. Did you start that at level 1? Started at level 1. And you yeah. survived? <laughs> is that the character it's you a, have it is a, I mean, don't get me wrong. It is a, a, a meat grinder of a campaign. I think... I think Dave has changed and shuffled it up quite a bit, right? To to our tastes. I think, <laughs> I mean, you're also a barbarian, so you know, yeah, it's really hard to kill a barbarian. Built to last. I think we talked yeah. about this the last time we were on. Uh, I was on actually. It was a. You were saying it was it's a very brutal campaign, but you've not seen like as many traps in a very small area uh, before. And I was like, Doom of Annihilation, Josh. Yeah, I, I've, I've never. That. No, he I've has never not tackled. That. I've never tackled to. 
I, I, I played very briefly in a campaign at hmm. the start of Tomb of Annihilation, so... The start, of Tomb of, the start of Tomb of Annihilation and the actual tomb itself are two very different campaigns. Yeah, because we had the dinosaur riding and all of that. Yeah, the fun bit. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, like, it <laughs> feels like you're being given gifts whenever you uncover hexes in the exploratory part. When you get into yeah. the dungeon itself, the, hmm. the, everything there wants to kill you. Especially the GM. <laughs> As, as yes. well it should. Yeah. As well it should. Anyway, I say all of this mm. to make the point that I, I, I don't think it's going to take an awful lot of effort for me to build a level 14 barbarian because I've already got a fair degree of knowledge Experience about that class with the, and what level. you'd want to have in that. Yeah. Sure. And it's not like, I mean, here's, here, here are sort of the key characteristics of Lokag. Okay. He's a, he's a Goliath, so that's the big difference. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's some racial traits there for, uh, for Goliaths that are going to differ for half-orcs, mm-hmm. but that's, that's fairly easy to, I mean, we, we figure that out at level one and then uh, go from there. Mm-hmm. His weapon is a uh, f- magical flaming greatsword, so we'll discuss with Tom how I'm best to represent that and sure there'll be a way to to do that though uh, for a level 14 character um he hates giants so he gets bonuses against attacking giants i don't know are we playing with we're playing with feats aren't we mm-hmm. yeah that's going to be the big difference because dave has turned feats off for uh-huh. our campaign uh so that'll be that's probably the thing i'm going to need to do the most research there, on actually the various feats even even then like it's not like the feats in uh, Pathfinder First Edition where you've got literally like yeah. thousands. Yeah, it's like twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, and there, there's like more from the splat books that you get, but um, with Fifth Edition, they are the feats are very archetypical of what you're wanting to do. Like, I'm a I'm a big guy with a great sword, great weapon master. You can re-roll your ones on your attack rolls on your on your damage rolls. Yeah, uh, I want go. to be a sly uh, bard type actor. Take actor so you can impersonate people. Like it's mm-hmm. just a lot more simplified. They're a lot more powerful, um, but the trade-off is you don't get your stat bumps. Yeah. So so um, you, they they compensate the lack of uh, mechanical strength with some more tools you can use. Yeah. So uh, there, there will be a way, and I'm probably well. Again, I'll discuss this with Tom, but I'm probably when we come to it, I'm probably just going to build it on D and D Beyond. Yeah. Got the name right in this recording. Ah. <laughs> um, not Beyond D and D, or I can't believe it's not D and D. Yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, we can probably build it online on that. And I can just scribble it down on the character sheet to bring with me to the crossover, and mm-hmm. that will that that will smooth things over because it is really easy to use. Well, you also need to put them in. Like, I don't know if you said Tom that we might be doing some online sessions beforehand. Yeah. So you can use the um, the Chrome thing you were talking about in yesterday's non-recording uh, yes. to the extension to pull them over. The extension uh, Beyond 20 is uh, a, a Chrome extension that lets you use your character sheet from D&D Beyond in Roll20, which is super handy. Mm. We've been using it all throughout Dave's uh, Avernus campaign, uh, and it's pretty... Well, I haven't noticed any significant glitches with it or anything, That's so good. it's pretty, 
pretty smooth and easy to use, which is nice. So, so yeah, we'll uh, obviously, guys, we'll report back on uh, how that process goes and uh, more on the crossover as we get to it and as it happens. So, looking uh, forward to space. Uh, we're going to move on to um, some uh, some sad news now. Actually, uh, we heard this week, and uh, those of you who are on social media are probably all, uh, in, in the area are probably already aware. But uh, there's a shop, Comic Crazy, in Paisley uh, that, amongst as the name suggests, sells comics, but they also sell a lot of uh, tabletop gaming uh, merchandise and hosted a lot of events there as well D&D, Magic the Gathering various Games Workshop games and just board games in general um, they've announced that they are going to cease trading um, they've got a closing down sale on at the moment but uh, basically citing difficulties that I think a lot of retailers have been facing since the pandemic um, they're not going to be able to continue anymore so um, it, first of all we wanted to just say you know really sad news no one no one likes to see a retailer like this uh, go out of business no. uh, we we we've all got like very very fond memories of various events that where we we attended there as well I mean, we went to a few magic the gathering pre-releases out that way didn't we mm-hmm. yeah um, i only attended the war of the spark one with you guys before then i'd never actually set foot in it but it was probably one of my like top experiences in a uh, brick and mortar store of that type because like i've been to like several different gaming uh, gaming uh, establishments of that ilk but mm. um it's very well laid out staff were very kind and the, the community mm-hmm. i think that they had there seemed solid like it was nice yeah, yeah. it was it was um not too intense, mm. which you can get at some gaming shops. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, I certainly enjoyed the pre-releases. Uh, I particularly remember the pre-release for Magic Core Twenty One. Um, no, I beg your pardon. It would have been Core Core Twenty. No, Core Nineteen, mm. because it was uh, it was for it was when the world. Um, the World Cup was on. Right. Uh, yeah. I can remember distinctly remember the "It's Coming Home" memes being bounded around the internet, and I believe on the day that we were at that pre-release, England were playing Sweden uh, in the group stages. I just, uh, I've just got like you know, you get those bizarre like linked memories. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I have that. It's like when you, um, whenever you uh, pull a card from Core Nineteen, you just like think it's coming home. <laughs> It's coming home. Yeah. Yes, it didn't come home. No, and it, it hasn't come home since. <laughs> everyone, as, as everyone outside of England is eternally grateful for. <laughs> I mean, I'm from England, and I'm kind of grateful for it as well. Because God knows we'd never hear the end of Treason. it. Treason! <laughs> Treason! Do you know if if we would and they'd shut up about it, I'd be fine. But you know they wouldn't. So no, that's yeah. No, we would. Yeah, we wouldn't. <laughs> Josh like putting his hands up there saying nope guilty is charged yeah it's Fair it's a real shame because you know there's not a lot of these stores in, in the first place you know they're, no. they're a luxury to have them mm-hmm. in your area and if you do have one one of the reasons why we wanted to bring this up today is we want to encourage people to support these kinds of places yeah you know, do yeah. do go in 
do do make your purchases if you can from from those stores you know and i appreciate maybe you can get it for a quid or two cheaper online but if you think about the benefit that that store brings to not just you but the community at, at large you know it gives people new to the hobby somewhere to meet people all of us uh here today met because of stores like this whether it's a games yeah, workshop yeah. or a brick and mortar hobby store you know we met in, in these kinds of places so we kind of really wanted to encourage people to to go in and support them where you can and i know obviously financially things are things are tough at the minute for for a lot of people uh, but if you are making these purchases you know do do try and support them uh, and support within your means yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know we're not gacha gaming you here where we're asking you to, to make it an addiction and spend all your money on it. Well, with gachas, uh, you at least get the reward of a JPEG waifu. Here, yeah, it's just like three white guys asking you to help support brick and mortar. I feel that we're on the higher end of that morality scale. <laughs> uh, <laughs> weirdly, it's not often I'll take the moral high ground, but I think this is one time we're allowed it. You've got to take it where you can, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and also, if you are going into these places and you are using them, you know, do support them as well when you're there. You know, if they've got cafes and things like that, do, you know, buy food and drink from them. Uh, and do, you know, if, if you don't want their food and drink because it, the quality maybe isn't the best, mm. as it can be in some of these places, support them in other ways, you know, buy buy products, whether it's magic boosters, dice, whatever. There, uh, There is always nah. that horror story of uh, that time that somebody brought a packed lunch to... Pathfinder Society. Yeah, you, you beat me to it, right? Like, Tom, do love, you have any anecdotes? Look how you two are now <laughs> telling my story because you yeah. heard it yesterday. Although, in yeah. fairness, Ryan was there as well. Yeah. Yes. I do have an anecdote, weirdly enough, guys. How yes, coincidental. An, amuse, an amusing anecdote about people not wanting to buy food from their local gaming shop. Yeah, so we uh, we used to run Pathfinder Society in one of these, these stores in, in Glasgow, uh, in Geek Retreat. And part of our, our sort of verbal contract with them was that obviously when people came in, they would be making purchases, they would be buying food and drink and things like mm. that. Um and when myself and Ryan were at a table, I was running a game, uh, five or six players. One of the players sat immediately to my, my right, I remember very vividly, uh, popped his lunchbox out mid, mid-game mid and pulled out his, uh, his sandwiches and his wee Capri Sun carton and his, you know, <laughs> biscuit or something. Uh, and just, like, went to chow down. And, it was in uh, the middle of, like, a, a rather serious conversation between, like, another two players, I remember. Like, and slowly and by degrees, people just, like, stopped talking and just turned to watch this guy. this guy. I feel like it, I, I, and it probably, it, it didn't, right? But in no. my head, my kind of, like, sort of memory of it is yeah. that it, it kind of almost reverberated throughout the entire room. You know, like kind of in a Western, where like yeah. a stranger walks into the saloon. It really kind yeah, of felt like stops. That. Yeah. Like everyone <laughs> stares. Uh, well, I, will, I will say there wasn't a guy playing a piano, but... Um, I, could have been. Uh, I, was, I was imagining you did have a, a guy playing a honky-tonk piano providing some exciting music for the, the combat. Really the, wraps uh, the RP experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, so everybody at the table did go silent. That much is true. I kind of looked at him and, and uh, we were just kind of like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you know, this this is not what you're doing. I think if, if memory serves, I think I told him to go and eat his sandwich outside or something and... And again, you know, I, I appreciate money might have been a factor, but if if you can't 
pay for a service, you don't take that service, right? And, yeah. you know, at the very least, he could have come in, he could have bought, you know, a pack of magic cards, a couple of Cokes, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and then had his lunch beforehand or gone outside and had a break. Because we used to mm-hmm. take, like, 15-minute breaks and stuff as well mm-hmm. uh, and had a bit of decency. You, you don't... It, it's the old kind of uh, example. You don't take a, a McDonald's into Burger King. You know, it's just... Yeah. It's not good faith. I mean, uh, you don't enter a Burger King when McDonald's is superior. Burger King is far superior to McDonald's. Mm. No, I'm I'm with Ryan on this one. I much prefer a McDonald's. No. If I if I want a nice burger, yeah. I'm going to like a, a, a local place, not a chain. If I want a cheap, nasty burger that is going to satisfy me on a, a dirty level, I'm going to Mackey B's. No, you're both See, wrong. On on that on that guilty pleasure though, it's KFC for me. Like the, I know this will kill me. But I'm hungry and I want grease and fat. I mean, a single KFC won't kill you, right? It, it won't. <laughs> How many they, are you having? <laughs> they add up, Tom. <laughs> I know, mate. Lockdown taught me that the hard way. Like, for me, it's like, it's Burger King over McDonald's, unless mm. McDonald's have the big tasty on, and then McDonald's steps up over Burger King at that point in time. <laughs> that is fair. See, my, my order from McDonald's is actually, like, just the type of the little double cheeseburgers. I don't know What's why. What's wrong I with you? They're nice. No, they no, are, nice. but that's not a main order. That's like a I'm passing McDonald's. Like I get two of them. Oh well, one in each yeah. hand. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're double fisting. Dual, 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 <laughs> I, I'd prefer if you never use the phrase dual fisting ever again. Uh, um, I'm dual wielding uh-huh. double cheeseburgers. Okay. So I get an extra. I get an extra attack. Out of them, but you take penalty. a bonus action and you get winded yeah. every five steps. I feel like we're drifting away from our message. We, we, sorry, yes, absolutely. Long story, long story short, don't don't take the advantage of the kindness of of brick and mortar stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and do support your local stores. I think that's the that's the crux of, of what we're trying to say. And it is sad, you know. It's obviously too little, too late for for a place like Comic Crazy, and, and I hope the people that work there go on to to good things. But mm-hmm. uh, there are other stores out there, and I'm sure they will appreciate the support. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's some fantastic stores. There's no there's no local one to Carlisle is the unfortunate thing, apart from the not Games Workshop mm-hmm. called Warhammer now, themed after John Warhammer. John, yeah, John W. Warhammer. Um, yeah, uh, we've got the um, the Warhammer store here, but that's... Sounds, sounds well, we've me, got... We, it sounds to me, Josh, like you've identified a gap in the market. No, don't, don't make me... Do, don't, don't encourage me to do this, because it is a bad idea. That is fair. <laughs> I don't think Carl has the community to support it, to be honest. It's not a big enough mm. community there, because I remember... They did, when I lived in Carlisle, uh, the Waterstones used to do Magic the Gathering events in mm-hmm. there. Um, and they weren't massive. Like, you know, no. you, you wouldn't get a lot of people turning out for them. So I think, and, and I mentioned uh, yesterday, there was there was a store when I lived in Carlisle. A store is, is very loose. It was like, you had to go like to the far end of Carlisle, up near where the castle is, uh, and where the his- mm-hmm. History Museum is, and there was a shop front, and I'm, I'm using finger quotes around that, right. uh, that basically you went into, and it was like a guy's living room. It was like a guy on a couch, and then there's like four shelves with like some product on them. Right. Um, Were any of these like handmade, like 
crayon drawing uh, DM screens. <laughs> no, they weren't, you know, like weird little fetishes or something. It was nothing like creepy dolls. There's nothing quite that bad. Yeah. When just to clear, clear up, Tom is using the literal uh, use of uh, fetishes. Yes. Not nothing more. Yes. Like, nothing more. <laughs> ornament, ornamentation of uh, yes. sticks and feathers. Uh, yeah. yeah no, that wasn't. Sorry. Well, well done, Josh. Um, <laughs> I remember. Wow. I, I went in once, and and I, I say that I went in once. Right. That is <laughs> that is again. the sentence. Right. <laughs> uh, I went in once because uh, someone had told me about this place, and like I looked around, and the guy was like sitting on his like sofa thing, uh, and he kind of locks eyes with me, and I was like. Thanks, bye. And I'd literally got like two steps in. When you plan. when you say somebody told you about it, was it like in the in the surround? Like, was it as part of a dare? No, like it was. It was a. It was legitimately a place. It was on like it was on the internet. You know, it was. Mm-hmm. It, it was registered as a shop. It just didn't look like a shop. I, 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 I'm just imagining that this was a message written on the wall of the gents' toilet somewhere. <laughs> if you want D&D products, hit yeah, me up for a good time playing I say, D&D. I was going to say, <laughs> for a good time, brackets, playing D&D. Or... In fairness, it would not be the first time I have walked into a stranger's house without an invitation. Part of me was worried it was just like, it wouldn't be the first time that I read a message on the bathroom stall. I mean, I read the messages, it's polite. I don't act on them. <laughs> yeah. Someone's taking the time to write that abuse, you know, someone has to read it. So tell me about this other time that you've walked into a stranger's house and invited. So it was New Year's Eve. Uh... <laughs> oh, we're actually getting into oh, the story. Uh... I thought you were going to dodge it. Yeah. No, 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 I'll tell you it. Uh, it was New Year's Eve, must have been. 12, 13 years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. And we, a group of us were heading over to our friend's house for New Year's Eve. Uh, we were going to be staying overnight there. We'd, we'd got drinks and things in. Uh, but this friend had recently moved. Uh, so it was the first time we were going to his house. Right. For most of us, I think one of us had been there before. And we got a taxi out there. And it was like a really long street they lived on in the middle of like, the country. So it was like kind of a load of terrace houses, but then like trees everywhere mm-hmm. else. Uh, <laughs> I got out of the taxi, I was the first one out, and in my head, I had the house number. Like, I had it in my head, I had it locked in. So I'd, like, the other guys were getting the stuff out of the boot of the car, but I had, like, a backpack that I'd had on my lap in the car. So I walked up to, to the house, uh, like, walked up the, the path, and we used to just walk into each other's houses. Like, if we knew we were coming, we wouldn't knock mm-hmm. and things like that. Because like you do. You, you know, we yeah, knew yeah. each other. That's so normal. I walked in walked through like so it was kind of one of these houses where it has like a kind of a little hallway and then you kind of go into the living room and then the kitchen's at the back of the house and, and all, all of them kind of mirrored this uh so i walk in and i walk out the little hallway and i go into like the living room and like there's a couch and the tv's on but there's nobody in there but this dog walk this dog comes running through and it's like looking up at me and i'm and my brain goes he doesn't have a dog so i'm like Trying, my brain's slowly like trying to work out like why is there a dog here? He doesn't have this dog. And then this guy leans back in like the doorway of the kitchen, and he's like the biggest, meanest looking guy I've ever seen. And I just backed out, like just walked out backwards, like moon walked out of this guy's house and just closed the door. And the other two guys I was with, I stood at the the end at the gate laughing their asses off <laughs> of because course. they'd seen me go in and just be like 
Just let it ride. Just let it ride. Yeah. Let's see how this yeah. plays out. Turns, <laughs> out, turns out the guy was going to invite you in for New Year's Eve. Who, who knows? Man? I mean, his dog seemed quite keen on me. Uh, <laughs> so then I went two doors down, and that was actually his house. And then it was a terrible Excellent. night because we played the World of Warcraft board game, which is oh. one of the worst board games I've ever had the displeasure of playing. Oh. I, I would not wish that on my worst enemies. I'd worse the setup on the worst enemies, not playing it. Both. I remember... Um, like, is it worse than zombies? Yes. Yes. Um, wow, okay. When you have the expansions across three different boxes, we had like a big table when we're, when I used to play this um, that was like main Azeroth. Then we had a side mm-hmm. table, which was like Outlands or mm-hmm. wherever the, the Burning Crusade takes place. Yeah, that's right. Then we had another table where all, the, where all the minis and all the cards were kept for all the expansions. And it was just like... Three hours of setup for maybe forty-five minutes of the game. And the thing is, like, it it takes all the worst things of Warcraft. Like, yeah. Do you like the grind in Warcraft? Then you'll love the World of Warcraft board game. Do you like the chance of not getting a reward from a quest that suits your character? Then yeah. you'll love this board game. Like, yeah. you pick your class, you go do a quest. It's like, oh, cool! I got this green item that is for a druid. I'm a paladin. What am I going to do with this? Mm-hmm. It's not a good game. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and on the note of <laughs> one of the worst board games you guys have played, we'll draw this week's episode to a close. And as always, guys, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, take care. Bye. 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 Bye.